Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, where on every episode, I try to bring you some information and interviews with people who are cool, who are doing really interesting things and fighting the good fight and going out there and and making their own way in the world. So today we have with us Greg Barth. Now, I actually met Greg about a year ago at Podcast Movement, and Greg himself has a podcast, and we kind of became fast friends. You know, every now and then you run into somebody and you just quickly kind of gel with them. Greg had me on his podcast uh, pretty much right after we met. I don't think I had this show ready to go yet, so it's taken me a while to reciprocate and get Greg on the show, but I'm glad I waited because over the course of the past year, Greg's career is, I don't want to say blowing up, like, boom, Greg's on fire, but Greg has really grown his business. So he calls himself Get Fit with Greg, and I think yesterday was Greg's birthday, and he turned 44 years old, and he's one of those people, if you're in your 40s, and I know a lot of my listeners are kind of in their 40s and their 50s, and they're looking at you know starting something new, Greg's one of those people who pisses you off because he is extremely fit, probably one of the most fit people I know personally at 44 years old. But what's great about Greg is if you just go back a couple of years, like maybe three, four years, and and he'll tell us more. Greg was, you know, he was married with a couple kids and he was kind of doughy. You know, if you looked at him, he looked like the rest of us. It's like, you know, it was, I always make the joke that, you know, I don't want to take my shirt off because no one wants to see that. And, you know, Greg has before and after pictures and he was a typical 40 year old married dad. And then he found P90X and he got really into the whole beach body movement. And now he's a beach body trainer. He trains other coaches and he is growing this whole thing around get fit with Greg, showing people that it's not impossible to get fit, even in your 40s or older, to actually change the way you are. And Greg says, you know, it changed his physical appearance, but it also changed his mindset by being so focused and getting fit and changing his life, changed everything. And Greg has made a move now to, you know, trying to do his own thing with this, this coaching business, and, he, and he's finding success. So I'm really excited to have him on the show. Hey, Greg, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks, Tom. And I feel just the, the title of being cool is quite the compliment. That's right. That's I feel, right. Well, I feel honored. Well, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, we're all doing cool things out there, and it's just sometimes people have to put the spotlight on it. So, Greg, I gave a, I gave a little bit of, a, of an introduction of what you do. However, it was funny because when I said he was kind of doughy, I could hear you laughing in the background. Yes, I, I don't yes. know if you took really kindly to being referred to as doughy. I like the compliment, or <laughs> not the compliment, but the definition of my before pictures. Yep. So I, I, I think later on we'll give out your website and people can go check out the before and after because you really did look like just the typical 40-year-old dude and now you're like this, this lean fitness machine. So you know, how long did it take to go from, from doughy to the Grega today? Well, that's interesting because a lot of times when you think about before and after types of transformations, you think of these you know, big weight loss stories. Or, but I was kind of the opposite. Everyone was really overweight I was always active and then it became slowly lethargic and a little bit more unmotivated as I started to fall into that routine of the dad world and you know career and all that kind of stuff. And then at some point there was this trigger in my head that said I wanted to do more and I saw the infomercial for P90X and I asked a few people and so I, I dove in and within the first 
two weeks, I already started to notice a difference because I was changing things up dramatically. And then by the end of three months, I had lost 11 pounds. And by nine months, I was down 25. Wow. And then from there, I kind of been, I haven't stopped, but I keep tweaking and changing my goal and coming up with some new crazy idea of what I want to do next. And there's always something new, always be switching things up and not just be, oh, well, my time is up. Now I lost my five pounds and I'm ready to roll. Let's have a donut. Right. Well, and in your case, there's no more weight loss because you're, you're, you're pretty lean, but now it's right, obviously right. other fitness goals have come in. Right. Because even I know uh, Tony Horton, the trainer of P90X, had one of those um, little contests where it's through a website where you all throw in a few bucks and then the, the winners or the people that lose a certain amount of weight get a piece of the pie. Well, not No pun intended, but... <laughs> But I'm like, well, what if you don't want to lose a new weight? You know, that's really uncommon. <laughs> right. Is to not want it to lose weight. Maybe to, there's some that want to gain weight, they're skinny fat, or they want to gain muscle. But I'm always trying to do something crazy and unique and build muscle and endurance. And But like you mentioned, even, it's it's beyond, it's way beyond fitness and, and the physical piece. That changed very quickly because I couldn't have done what I was doing or what I'm doing now without changing my mindset and how I think about things. So Greg, we've talked a lot on this show, if you've listened to episodes or certainly the people who are regular listeners of recent about reinvention and relaunching self. You know, as I get closer to turning 50, I'm finding that when I go to cocktail parties or I'm hanging out with some of my friends in the bar, people who are kind of this Gen Xer age, you know, we hear a lot about the millennials and the baby boomers. But those of us who are in the middle, you know, the, the Gen Xers are about to turn 50 or just turning 50 or they're, the younger ones are just turning 40. And a lot of people feel like maybe they've, they've put their ladder against the wrong wall, you know, in their personal life, in their careers, fitness-wise. And a lot of people, I've just been hearing over and over this whole story of reinvention. And, you know, as we started talking and I started introducing you, I realized that you're like one of the best examples I know of someone who has just sort of reinvented their whole life. And, and certainly you're not done, but you're on this journey. So before we get into talking about your business and, and some of the other questions I have, let's talk a little bit about reinvention. You know, what have you done to, to sort of get a fresh start and how does that make you feel? Well, it's, it, it's interesting when you, when you frame it like that too, because my life has changed dramatically in the last five years. And it was simply, it started with fitness and that's how I really help other people is I help them, I start helping them with fitness because that's the foundation. If you don't really have a solid fitness foundation, then it goes into your mindset and then you start to understand the possibilities of what you can do for yourself. But mine goes well beyond that or even lifestyle where you know, I was married for 18 years and I, it's just coming up on a year where I've been divorced now. And even that alone was like completely challenging to even talk about. And now I'm, now I'm more comfortable with it and I'm working through that. And like we were saying earlier, probably before we started recording, is that it's not about perfection. It's about sharing all the different things that all of us struggle with, but overcoming that. And I, you know, I've, I've been through so many things just and beyond, with my fitness as the foundation and all the different books I've been reading and all the different people that I'm interacting with. That's allowed me those few things to believe in myself and, and see and not question anything about where I'm going and what I want out of the world and what I want out of my lifestyle. I just want it to be unlimited. And I never had that mentality before. And now it's just the sky's the limit. I'm, I'm feeling great. Like you said, I, I turned 44 yesterday. No medications, nothing. I just I feel energetic. One of the things that people say about me the most is that I'm just you know, energetic is the word they come up with. And I, I just feel like it's normal. 
But I, I think, you know, like you're saying, if you're in that 40 to 50 range and you get stuck in this world of routine and you're going to work and you're, you're, getting, you're covering all the things at home and you're a parent, you're running off to soccer practice or whatever, we get very busy and it, it's hard to find a good balance. But at some point, if we don't take care of ourselves everyone else around us suffers too. Well, and you bring up an interesting point because you bring up the fact of, you know, hey, just being authentic and being able to talk about, you know, your divorce and and all the different things, the ways you're reinventing and just being open about it really helps you do that. That's one of the things I've found is is that a lot of people never want to admit their mistakes. And I talk about this a lot in the, uh, you know, both in, in my blog and also when I'm on the podcast, a lot of people, they want to hide where they're making mistakes and they don't own them. And, and the fact is we're all human. And so right. we're all going to go through things and those things lead us to being more successful. Well, I think it creates way more power or respect would be a better word for, for all of us. Like if I share my struggle of something I'm going through, if it's the divorce or if it's something with my fitness or, you know, like a lot of days I get up and I'm, I don't feel like working out necessarily, but I do. And even if it's not, if it's kind of ho-hum like today, then I just talk about that. I mean, I'm not a robot and I don't want to be, think, you know, present that I'm a robot, that everything is great with me. You know, everything is awesome. Was that the Lego movie? You can <laughs> well, tell I have kids. Yeah, exactly. Everything is awesome. <laughs> Woo! Well, but Give it's so true. I call them sort of the, the podcasting gurus and all they ever do is talk about how great their life is. And, you know, yeah, they, that doesn't they, work. <laughs> they wake up and every day it's the same routine and, you know, they, you know, mainline a green shake right into their veins and they, you know, they do this <laughs> stuff and you never once hear them say, you know, last night I ate the whole chocolate cake and it's like, oh, come on, somebody <laughs> ate the whole chocolate cake last night. And I know it wasn't me this time. Yeah. And I, I, you're, you're, we're friends on Facebook. You see what I do, at least some of it. Um, Facebook on my personal page is a, is a lot of what I do as far as interaction. And I, I've been sharing, as I've been able to overcome more and more of fear of what I share and how public I am, the more that I am open, the more people start to like really respect and comment and ask me questions. It, it's, it's when I, when I post something about like, a, you know, the robot statement, oh, I had four glasses of kale today. You know, it's just, people don't get that. They don't even want to listen to that. Right. They just want to, I mean, it's great. They want to know that I have, you know, I drink kale or whatever it is. I, you know, I'm using that as a reference, but they want to know that there's other pieces to me that I'm, I am a real person. I'm not just, all I do is work out and all, that I have other interests and I have other things going on and I have difficulty. Right. That's what people can relate to. So Greg, let's talk a little bit about your business. I, I gave kind of an overview of what you yeah. do, but, but how do you make your living? What is it that you do that, that, you know, buys the new car and, and you know, gets you, get you up and going. <laughs> well, right now, um, I'm working at a software company. I've been doing that for 15 years. I've been doing um, mainly software upgrades, and it's a Microsoft reseller. So that's where I started out of college, or actually I have a college degree in finance, and I was going to be an investor, like a stockbroker type of thing. I'm glad I didn't do that. I don't want to work 90 hours a week <laughs> and with a lot of stress that goes with that from the sound of it. But I've been in IT for a while, and I really have a solid background in that. But I, as I found fitness, and I've always been had this entrepreneur mindset in the back of my mind since I was young, I've dabbled with all kinds of little ideas. And as I grow more and more into the entrepreneur, I'm using this technical background to really leverage what I can do as a business and how I can reach more people. And, and I also the other ideas I've had, as I'm growing up and I just, I've started to understand where I'm coming from. It's all coming together. Like 
we use the the term I think is find your swing or I really feel like I'm coming into my own now where all my worlds are coming together. At one point I you're we talked about Toastmasters, I think, when you're on my show, but I was looking at moving more into a sales position for my technical job and I didn't really have any presentation skills I felt confident with, so I joined Toastmasters. And I was going to those meetings for seven years. But from from that decision to start that, I didn't get that job, but I it helped me with numerous other things to this day in how I present myself and how I can communicate with people. It's it's I just love it. I love it. But that's what I do there. And then I also do the fitness coaching, which I have a this huge growing team that's taking off like wildfire. And I talk with customers and coaches daily about how they can grow not only their business but also change their their fitness routines and believe in themselves becomes a bigger picture about mindset very quickly, the fitness piece. So you bring up a really interesting piece, and that is that you have a day job. And I think, you know, a lot of people want to make that transition. You said you've always had a lot of ideas and always had this entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. ping. I mean, that's me. I, from the time I was a kid, I always wanted to do my own thing. And, you know, I was only six years ago that I was able to actually make it a full-time venture. So do you think that sort of having that side hustle, that, that, you know, thing on the side where you keep the job and then making that transition do you yep. think that that's like great advice? Yes, because I think a lot of people like they maybe get this little excitement for two hours. They go to a seminar, maybe and they're oh yeah, I'm gonna crush it, I'm gonna kill this, and they hear stories about overnight success, which is not usually ever possible unless you're unless you inherit money or something. <laughs> but the twenty year overnight success story is more reality. But they get this this false sense of what it might take, and it really boils down to hard work and consistency. So I always say, you know, stay doing both and work at fuel all the passion you have into your business ideas, but also be smart about it until you have something really solid. And then you can, but you know, at some point you have to jump. So you want to find whatever that balance is. For me, I have, I have quite a few responsibilities through this divorce and, you know, I'm transitioning all this and, and my life's it seems like it's getting more and more awesome every day. Not to reference back to the Lego movie, but everything is awesome. <laughs> well, <laughs> but it's you know it's just reality, and um, I'm I'm getting things figured out, and I I feel like I'm really going in the right direction, and that's what works for me. Um, I think anyone else that's in a similar position, they should really um, just take a look at what their their responsibilities are what they could maybe cut back on or maybe they want to like pour more energy into the business. But you have to go to what a kind of a cut feeling at some point. Well, you, and if it's your passion, then go for it. Well, you bring up an interesting point that someone goes to a seminar and they get all fired up that they're going to be able yeah. to go and, you know, make a million dollars on a podcast or, or do whatever it is. And it is true that, you know, there are some people who are able to do these things that are huge and then they turn around and sell programs to teach other people to do that. But the right. reality is, is that if someone is the outlier, it's not the reality of you know, how you build a business. And so, you know, I think in our society, we tend to look for the the quick and easy fix and we throw all this money at the gurus. And the reality is, is what you're doing and what I believe I did is probably, you know, a a more normal path to doing that. And that is, you know, chase that passion, make it work. And then, you know, when you see the light that I can now make the jump, or in my case, it was in the heart of the recession and the company I worked for made the jump for me and laid off a big chunk of their staff one day and I was part of it. Um, and I said, all right, I'm going to go chase this dream of being a speaker. 
but I had already laid the groundwork. I mean, my brother right, always my right. brother always reminds me, you didn't start from zero in 2009. You'd been speaking and getting paid for it for five years. You just weren't earning your living, you know, your, the majority right. of your living off of it. you were forced to change. So. Yeah, that's what I found interesting is I interviewed Tony Horton, who is one of the obvious mentors of mine. But, he, you know, he's looked at it like, oh, he's a super successful fitness guru guy. He's on all these different um, platforms, you know, promoting what he's doing and he's on cover of magazines and all this overnight success but it took him 20 years re- roughly to get to that big breaking point right of one of the pieces that created more success for him right well when Greg, years of overnight success well you know in a few years when greg barth is you know you know making tony eat his dust yeah. and is is in the lead out there in the world of fitness i'm going to say oh yeah i interviewed him on cool things long time ago exactly exactly so what do you- i think you know it's all about our own stories because my my level of uh, success and how fast I'm doing it is way different than everyone else's. But my all of my variables are different. This right. is what wor- is working for me right now. Some do it way faster. Some do it slower. Some don't do it at all. You know, it's just really what your um, vision is and what you want. So, what do you love about the entrepreneurial piece of your life? I love the possibilities, and I love where the fulfillment I get when I can help others and see their life change how I'm starting to change, you know, change a lot of things for me when you can give that to someone else. That's what's really cool. But being able to do whatever you want with time and travel, that is a big thing. But a big part of why, what drives me is my daughters. And I spent time with them yesterday on my birthday. And I, I spoke about this on my, my Periscope this morning, but they made me birthday cards, you know, the handwritten kind. And my daughter writes something, my older daughter, about how, you know, thank you for believing my in myself and how I'm creating all these things as a reality. You know, she went into this detail about in the card, and she makes they make references about what what I find important on the card. You know, so I know they're listening, and I know that it empowers them to believe in themselves, and that's very very important. So my daughters are a little older than yours. I, well, I, actually, my younger one might be about the same age, but I have an 18-year-old yeah. and a 13-year-old. Yeah, and, and it always cracks me up when they quote something that they've you know, I've said in, you know, one of my speeches or, you know, they're hearing me preparing for a coaching client and, you know, they'll come back and repeat it in reference to one of their friends or something at school. And I'm like, you were listening, you were listening. And then they're like, no, 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 that came from somewhere else. No, that's not from you. Uh, but no, at the time they're looking at their phone and you're, and you're calling them by name and they're, huh? huh? What? What? So my, oh, hello, I'm over here. You know, I always talk, I always talk about the fact that I still, my, my dad lived to be 99 years old. He passed away about a year ago, a year and a half ago. I remember and, that. Yeah. And he, uh, I still hear him in my head on little things like when when you're driving down the street and you're making it, you're in the left hand turn lane. I never turn the wheels to the left until it's time to go because he always used to say when I was six fifteen and he was teaching me to drive. If you turn your wheels and someone rear ends you, they'll throw you into oncoming traffic and you'll get t boned, you know, and it yeah. could kill you. Yeah. So keep your wheels facing straight. And I can't be in a left hand turn lane <laughs> without hearing him going, "Don't turn the wheels till the coast is clear." And I told my, I always tell my daughters, I can hear him in my head my whole life, even before he passed away. I mean, this is always a little advice he gave me. And my daughter told me the other day that something came up somewhere and she heard me say, you know, something about how do you make a good choice or something I always say. And she goes, I always thought you were just kidding when you said you could hear grandpa's voice. She goes, but I actually heard you say that. She goes, oh my God, I'm never going to get rid of you, am I? (laughs) 
Yeah, so you've been, you've never been T-boned is is the the big lesson. <laughs> That's exactly right. I've never there I've never go. had anybody push me into traffic by rear-ending me. So see, hey, oh, um, so if somebody you know, I usually ask people what advice do you have for entrepreneurs who who want to go start their own thing. But I'm going to twist this up on you a little bit. What advice do you have for someone who wants to get a little better with their fitness? Because I bet most well, people that's, listening... That's actually pretty easy because the trend is it's so obvious for me now is that I don't ask or do anything for anyone other than like at the beginning is ask them why they want to do it. it the old, I mean, it seems cliche and kind of easy is the why, but everyone is, you know, some, a lot of times they have the eye on a prize that's not really deep enough. They want to lose the few pounds and stuff. And then they by day four, they're already like, well, ah, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I ask them a deep question. You know, like I, even t- I usually tell them to take 10, 15 minutes, just find a quiet spot and just understand, well, what is it that you really want? When you can understand what they really want, then the rest becomes a little easier. You know, it's not just, a, everyone knows how to do a push-up, but why are, why are we not doing them? It's, it's, there's other things that are more important. Right. No, that's, yeah. I mean, I guess it goes back to knowing that why, right? I mean, yeah, it just it, comes it, down to that basic motivation. Seems simple, but that's, that's the biggest, like I look at myself, like what drives me and it's specific, deep reasons why. And it's not just because I love doing sit-ups or push-ups or whatever. It, it's much deeper than that. Why, why do I want to go to a different level of fitness next? Why, I ask that mes- to myself. Why do I want to do that? As the 40-year-old who had that 20 extra pounds and that doughy gut, what was your why? Well, I, I, when I look back at that, I, I didn't um, actually it goes pretty deep now. I understand a lot more now. Is I was always kind of average in in my whole life. I was number. I, I start to see the trend. I was number four in the family of five, and I think I just kind of sifted into average. Like I was just trying to fit in, and at some point, maybe it was that fitness piece that triggered it. Is I wanted to be the best that I could be. I want to be the best, Greg. So now I reference myself as Greg version two sometimes, <laughs> is that I, I'm a, the new improved Greg, and I want to be the best. So like now if I want to take something new on, I don't want to just kind of half-ass it. I want to go all out, and I want to put give it a my all. So that that's the triggering piece that became more and more obvious when I look back at it. I didn't understand it at the time, but now I do. So, Greg, I think you're hitting on something that's deeper than maybe even you real realize for, you know, people who are listening to the show. And that is, you know, you felt like, hey, I just always was average. I bet that's a common feeling is, you know, I, I, I got B's and C's. I did well in school. Yep. You know, hey, I, you know, I, I, you know, went out for sports and, you know, I was second team. It was all good enough. And I think a right. lot of people fall into that. And you were 40-ish years old. And mm-hmm. that was the first time you said, I want to be the best Greg I can be. So let's talk about that. If someone's out there thinking, oh, my God, Tom and Greg are talking directly to me. I've, I do good enough. I do good enough. What do we need to tell them? How do, they, how do, you, how do you go to that next level? What, what can motivate you? Well, that, that's the thing is, let's say, if it's business and, and you're just going through your job or you're, or you're doing your off trying to create this new business idea and you're just you're just going along and nothing seems to be taking off like a wildfire then then I start to ask myself well why why is it not you know what and a lot of times it, it's our own beliefs and that's where it goes again where we're limiting ourselves where we start to listen to that little guy in the back of our head saying well what do you think you're doing that's not you that's for other people and then you know if we're not reading enough about and learning enough about ourselves and how it can blast through that, that, that. I think that just really holds us down. And I've dealt with that a lot myself, is why am I still at this point? 
you know, why, why, and I keep, I talk to myself a lot. Why am I here? And a lot of times it's, I'm starting to understand more is that there's deeper meaning to it. I'm holding myself back. It's really me, no one else. It's not some tool that I need. It's not someone else I need to talk to. It, I need to look in the mirror and figure out like, do, do I really want this? Is, is this what I want? Then if I do, I got to really dig deep down and figure out, let's just go with this and, and then start running a little bit more. And I've been going through a lot of that just over the last year, probably. And I'm understanding how, you know, a lot of it does go back into previous points in your life. Things that you started to tell yourself in the wrong ways. Well, you can't do that. So I'm starting to look, kind of blast through that. But if you're do if you're in the similar position and you're like, why am I here? You know, I've been doing this business idea for two years or three years. You have to just dig deep and push the other stuff aside. Those stories you're telling yourself most likely, and they're not true. You start changing the, the verbiage in your head and things change dramatically. Well, and that's kind of in my own sort of reinvention. I have come to this realization that ages 50 to 70 can be the most fun years of my life. I mean, I've been looking at yeah, my friends exactly. who are who are older and, you know, my 20s, I had a lot of fun in my 20s and not yeah. that I didn't in my 30s and 40s, but there's a lot of responsibility with, you know, raising kids and buying a house and trying to get, you know, a career you know, or two off the launch pad. And, you know, all of a sudden it's like, I've come to this realization where I think society says, oh, 50, well, you're getting old and yeah, you know, you're, getting exactly. a little, you're getting a little you gray in your it. hair and, you, you know, it. it's going to be harder and all this. And I think, you know what? I actually now believe that the next 20 years can be the most exciting. And, and if I think about it, 20 years is a long time. So I don't, as I get closer to 50, I'm not feeling old. I'm, I'm changing the dialogue in my head to make myself believe and realize that this whole reinvention and, and trying to to get a fresh start into this next 20 years, this can be the most fun time. But part of that is, you know, I got to continue to grow the business. I got to continue to give my kids and my wife and that the support they need. I need to kind of come up with my own motivation. And, you know, and then the other thing is, is back to the fitness piece. You know, I'm kind of that doughy guy, right? And so it's one of those things that, you know, I've lost 15 pounds this year. And, you know, part of that was a goal that it was going to be 15 pounds by July. And part of it was I ended up getting some sort of a bacterial issue and uh, I couldn't eat a lot for about a month. Losing the weight in the wrong type of way, right? Well, I don't know that it was wrong or right. I mean, I did eat and I was healthy through the whole thing, but it was kind of one of those things. One of my friends said, you got to watch out what you ask for because you lost eight pounds through work and then kind of hit a plateau, you know, and and then you got some sort of a virus and, and it helped you all the way to reach your goal. But, uh, you know, I think that I believe 50 to 70 is going to be the best time. Therefore, it will. And I bet there's a lot of people out there who believe it's going to suck. And therefore, well, yeah, it will. You hit exactly the right point because I hear, you know, in my 40s, I hear this a lot where you, well, you hit your 40s and then X, Y, and Z happens. It's all downhill from there. Connotation. You know, it's all over with, baby. You know, that's when you start to go on medications. That's when you start to feel more tired and you're going to be wore down and, and all these things. I'm like, well, I'm not listening to that. And I feel way, way better than I did when I was 25. You know, how, why is, why am I different? I'm not any different than anyone else. It, it's just, I'm just changing. I'm just putting daily a little bit of work into it each day. And then I just see it differently. Especially with, um, even with the divorce where, oh, when you're divorced, you know, it's going to be tough and X, Y, and Z, you know, you fill in the blank there again. But what if it is a new beginning? What if it's new, new challenges, new excitement and new, new, new experiences? I mean, it's all in how you look at it. I, I think, I think you're right. And Greg, I got a couple more questions for you before we sign off. But yeah. first, I got to thank my sponsor. This episode is brought to, brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. 
Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing cool people like Greg Barth. For an exclusive offer to those listeners of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, visit their website at podfly.net slash cool things. And as I always say after I read the commercial, they are the production company that I chose to help me launch Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, and I never could have done it without them. And I appreciate the partnership that I have built with their team, with Scott and Corey and David and everybody at Podfly. So Greg, what's something cool that you're doing in your business right now? Well, that's way too easy. Way too easy. It's, it's as of yesterday, and you, <laughs> you're well aware of this. It's the Periscope thing. I, was, I happened to get a notice that you were live for the first time, and I thought, I'm going to watch Greg. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, I think the biggest piece that I always try to find is balance of chasing squirrels and taking action. That's how I see it. So every time there's something like this comes up, I'm, I ask myself, is that a squirrel or a shiny quarter? Or is it really like a huge opportunity? So I, I went through that process in my head a little bit. And then I'm like, well, I know what my thing is. My thing is trying to be as most authentic as I can through video as a platform. That's usually where I migrate and just sharing what I've learned in my story. And I'm like, well, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's exactly, exactly what it is. So I, I looked up a few things on it and I decided to jump in and I wrote six things down that I want to share as far as like general ideas and topics. And everything I talk about will be on those six or five things because I, wanna, I don't want to just get on there and say, hey, there's the cat running across the floor. <laughs> I'm drinking coffee and it's nice outside. You know, I don't want to be boring. I want to make sure I'm adding value and that people want to tune in and learn something or be educated or whatever. So... I'm really looking forward to it. I, I did another one this morning that um, was fairly brief, but I have I have tons of ideas. I think I have an idea every five minutes. Well, and I, I, I yesterday was going to be my first time on Periscope. I've been kind of studying it, the same thing, making sure that yes. it was something that was worthwhile, trying to figure mm-hmm. out how often I want to do it. Same idea as you. I want to be authentic. I want to have something, and I'm going to talk about this whole reinvention idea. And yes. so that's going to be my theme of Periscope, at least to start off with. But yesterday I ended up with like a ton of stuff going on. A friend was coming to town and so I didn't get a chance. So it's probably going to be uh, uh, maybe Thursday, which is the day that this episode should should go live on the uh, iTunes. So maybe that same day will be the day I do my first Periscope. So. Very cool. You're, and that's you're my the inspiration. Power of it is that you're you know you're at a, you're traveling around a lot and you just do the behind the scenes kind of thing where you know, people want to know what Tom's doing. You know what are you doing in this city and you know before you go how do you what are you thinking when before you go out on stage? So you Greg, know, that's the power stuff. Greg, one of the things I think is I think great entrepreneurs, in addition to their own stuff that they're doing and promoting and yeah, all that, I think in addition to like trying to make their business work, I think great entrepreneurs are observers. So I ask you, who out there besides yourself do you see who's doing something cool? There's a few people that come to mind when I think of that. Um, you know, beyond the obvious ones that are all over the place, and um, you know, sometimes that's not even the best. They're not even doing the best things. They're just marketing themselves harder than the rest. But uh, Ronsley Vaz, you know him very well in Australia. He's doing some pretty awesome things. He's creating a whole huge event, first one that's ever been in Australia. And it's a it's a podcast conference, and it's about you know bringing entertainment to spin it. And he's just he's he's uh, I respect him deeply and what he's doing, but he he has such a passion for what he's doing, and he's helping feed hungry people through the whole process too. And it's it's pretty cool. And then there's the Darn Technology podcast 
which mm-hmm. uh, Ray Brown and Nate Strong, they just launched that month ago or so. But what they're doing is is trying to help like that typical person out Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do where on every episode, I try to bring you some information and interviews with people who are cool, who are doing really interesting things and fighting the good fight and going out there and and making their own way in the world. So today we have with us Greg Barth. Now, I actually met Greg about a year ago at Podcast Movement, and Greg himself has a podcast, and we kind of became fast friends. You know, every now and then you run into somebody and you just quickly kind of gel with them. Greg had me on his podcast uh, pretty much right after we met. I don't think I had this show ready. Ready to go yet, so it's taken me a while to reciprocate and get Greg on the show, but I'm glad I waited because over the course of the past year, Greg's career is, I don't want to say blowing up, like boom, Greg's on fire, but Greg has really grown his business. So he calls himself Get Fit with Greg, and I think yesterday was Greg's birthday and he turned 44 years old, and he's one of those people, if you're in your 40s, and I know a lot of my listeners are kind of in their 40s and their 50s and they're looking at you know starting something new, Greg's one of those people who pisses you off because he is extremely fit, probably one of the most fit people I know personally at 44 years old. But what's great about Greg is if you just go back a couple of years, like maybe three, four years, and and he'll tell us more. Greg was, you know, he was married with a couple kids and he was kind of doughy. You know, if you looked at him, he looked like the rest of us. It's like, you know, I always make the joke that, you know, I don't want to take my shirt off because no one wants to see that. And, you know, Greg has before and after pictures and he was a typical 40-year-old married dad. And then he found P90X. And he got really into the whole Beachbody movement, and now he's a Beachbody trainer. He trains other coaches, and he is growing this whole thing around Get Fit with Greg, showing people that it's not impossible to get fit, even in your 40s or older, to actually change the way you are. And Greg says, you know, it changed his physical appearance, but it also changed his mindset, Uh, Being so focused and getting fit and changing his life changed everything. And Greg has made a move now to, you know, trying to do his own thing with this this coaching business, and and he's finding success. So I'm really excited to have him on the show. Hey, Greg, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks, Tom. And I feel just the the title of being cool is quite the compliment. That's right. That's right. I feel honored. Well, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, we're all doing cool things out there, and it's just sometimes people have to put the spotlight on it. So, Greg, I gave, a, I gave a little bit of, a, of an introduction of what you do. However, it was funny because when I said he was kind of doughy, I could hear you laughing in the background. Yes, I, I don't yes. know if you took really kindly to being referred to as doughy. I like the compliment, or <laughs> not the compliment, but, but the d- definition of my before pictures. Yep. So I, I, I think later on we'll give out your website and people can go check out the before and after because you really did look like just the typical 40-year-old dude and now you're like this, this lean fitness machine. So you know, how long did it take to go from, from doughy to the Grega today? Well, that's interesting because a lot of times when you think about before and after types of transformations, you think of these you know, big weight loss stories. Or, but I was kind of the opposite. Everyone was really overweight I was always active and then it became slowly lethargic and a little bit more unmotivated as I started to fall into that routine of the dad world and 
you know, career and all that kind of stuff. And then at some point, there was this trigger in my head that said, I wanted to do more. And I saw the infomercial for P90X and I asked a few people. And so I, I dove in and within the first two weeks, I already started to notice a difference because I was changing things up dramatically. And then by the end of three months, I had lost 11 pounds. And by nine months, I was down 25. Wow. And then from there, I kind of been, I haven't stopped, but I keep tweaking and changing my goal and coming up with some new crazy idea of what I want to do next. And there's always something new, always be switching things up and not just be, oh, well, my time is up. Now I lost my five pounds and I'm ready to roll. Let's have a donut. Right. Well, and in your case, there's no more weight loss because you're, you're, you're pretty lean, but now it's right, obviously right. other fitness goals have come in. Right. Because even I know uh, Tony Horton, the trainer of P90X, had one of those um, little contests where it's through a website where you all throw in a few bucks and then the the winners are the people that lose a certain amount of weight get a piece of the pie. Not no pun intended, but <laughs> but I'm like, well, what if you don't want to lose any weight? You know, that's really uncommon. Right. Is to not want it to lose weight. Maybe to, there's some that want to gain weight, they're skinny fat or they want to gain muscle. But I'm always trying to do something crazy and unique and build muscle and endurance and but like you mentioned even it's it's beyond it's way beyond fitness and, and the physical piece. That changed very quickly because I couldn't have done what I was doing or what I'm doing now without changing my mindset and how I think about things. So, Greg, we've talked a lot on this show, if you've listened to episodes or certainly the people who are regular listeners of recent, about reinvention and relaunching self. You know, as I get closer to turning 50, I'm finding that when I go to cocktail parties or I'm hanging out with some of my friends in the bar – People who are kind of this Gen Xer age, you know, we hear a lot about the millennials and the baby boomers, yep. but those of us who are in the middle, you know, the, the Gen Xers are about to turn 50 or just turning 50 or they're, the younger ones are just turning 40. And a lot of people feel like maybe they've, they've put their ladder against the wrong wall, you know, in their personal life, in their careers, fitness wise. And a lot of people, I've just been hearing over and over this whole story of reinvention. And, you know, as we started talking and I started introducing you, I realized that you're like one of the best examples I I know of someone who has just sort of reinvented their whole life, and, and certainly you're not done, but you're on this journey. So before we get into talking about your business and, and some of the other questions I have, let's talk a little bit about reinvention. You know, what have you done to, to sort of get a fresh start, and how does that make you feel? Well, it's, it, it's interesting when you, when you frame it like that, too, because my life has changed dramatically in the last five years. And it was simply, it started with fitness, and that's how I really help other people is I help them, I start helping them with fitness because that's the foundation. If you don't really have a solid fitness foundation, then it goes into your mindset and then you start to understand the possibilities of what you can do for yourself. But mine goes well beyond that or even lifestyle where, you know, I was married for 18 years and it's just coming up on a year where I've been divorced now. And even that alone was like completely challenging to even talk about. And now I'm now I'm more comfortable with it, and I'm working through that. And like we were saying earlier, probably before we started recording, is that it's not about perfection. It's about sharing all the different things that all of us struggle with, but overcoming that. And I, you know, I've I've been through so many things just and with my fitness as the foundation, and all the different books that I've been reading, and all the different people that I'm interacting with. That's allowed me those few things to believe in myself and, and see and not question anything about where I'm going and what I want out of the world and what I want out of my lifestyle. I just wanted to be unlimited. And I never had that mentality before. And now it's just the sky's the limit. I'm, 
I'm feeling great. Like you said, I, I turned 44 yesterday. No medications, nothing. I just I feel energetic. One of the things that people say about me the most is that I'm just, you know, energetic is the word they come up with. And I, I just feel like it's normal. But I, I think, you know, like you're saying, if you're in that 40 to 50 range and you get stuck in this world of routine and you're going to work and you're you're getting, you're covering all the things at home and you're a parent, you're running off to soccer practice or whatever, we get very busy and it, it's hard to find a good balance. But at some point, if we don't take care of ourselves, everyone else around us suffers too. Well, and you bring up so, an interesting point because you bring up the fact of, you know, hey, just being authentic and being able to talk about, yeah. you know, your divorce and, and all the different things, that, that, the ways you're reinventing and just being open about it really helps you do that. That's one of the things I've found is, is that a lot of people never want to admit their mistakes. And I talk about this a lot in the, uh, you know, both in, in my blog and also when I'm on the podcast, a lot of people, they want to hide where they're making mistakes and they don't own them. And, and the fact is we're all human. And so right. we're all going to go through things and those things lead us to being more successful. Well, I think it creates way more power or respect would be a better word for, for all of us. Like if I share my struggle of something I'm going through, if it's the divorce or if it's something with my fitness or, you know, like a lot of days I get up and I'm, I don't feel like working out necessarily, but I do. And even if it's not, if it's kind of ho-hum like today, then I just talk about that. I mean, I'm not a robot and I don't want to be, think, you know, present that I'm a robot, that everything is great with me. You know, everything is awesome. Was that the Lego movie? You can <laughs> well, tell I have kids. Yeah, exactly. Everything is awesome. <laughs> Woo! Well, but Give it's so true. I call them sort of the, the podcasting gurus and all they ever do is talk about how great their life is. And, you know, yeah, they, that doesn't they, work. <laughs> they wake up and every day it's the same routine and, you know, they, you know, mainline a green shake right into their veins and they, you know, they do this <laughs> stuff and you never once hear them say, you know, last night I ate the whole chocolate cake and it's like, oh, come on, somebody <laughs> ate the whole chocolate cake last night and I know it wasn't me this time. Yeah. And I, I, you're, you're, we're friends on Facebook. You see what I do, at least some of it. Um, Facebook on my personal page is a, is a lot of what I do as far as interaction. And I, I've been sharing, as I've been able to overcome more and more of fear of what I share and how public I am, the more that I am open, the more people start to like really respect and comment and ask me questions. It, it's, it's when I, when I post something about like, a, you know, the robot statement, Oh, I had four glasses of kale today. You know, it's just, people don't get that. They don't even want to listen to that. Right. They just want to, I mean, it's great. They want to know that I have, you know, I drink kale or whatever it is. I, you know, I'm using that as a reference, but they want to know that there's other pieces to me that I'm, I am a real person. I'm not just, all I do is work out and all, that I have other interests and I have other things going on and I have difficulty. Right. That's what people can relate to. So Greg, let's talk a little bit about your business. I, I gave kind of an overview of what you yeah. do, but, but how do you make your living? What is it that you do that, that, you know, buys the new car and, and you know, gets you, get you up and going? <laughs> well, right now um, I'm working at a software company. I've been doing that for 15 years. I've been doing um, mainly software upgrades and it's a Microsoft reseller. So that's, where I started out of college, or actually I would have a college degree in finance, and I was going to be an investor, like a stockbroker type of thing. I'm glad I didn't do that. I don't want to work 90 hours a week <laughs> and with a lot of stress that goes with that from the sound of it. But I've been in IT for a while, and I really have a solid background in that. But I, as I found fitness, and I've always been had this entrepreneur mindset in the back of my mind since I was young, I've dabbled with all kinds of little ideas. And as I grow more and more into the entrepreneur, 
I'm using this technical background to really leverage what I can do as a business and how I can reach more people. And, and I also, the other ideas I've had as I'm growing up and I just, I've started to understand where I'm coming from. It's all coming together. Like we use the, the term, I think is find your swing or I really feel like I'm coming into my own now where all my worlds are coming together. At one point I, you're, we talked about Toastmasters, I think when you're on my show, but I was looking at moving more into a sales position for my technical job and I didn't really have any presentation skills I felt confident with, so I joined Toastmasters. And I was going to those meetings for seven years. But from from that decision to start that, I didn't get that job. But I, it helped me with numerous other things to this day in how I present myself and how I can communicate with people. It's it's I just love it. I love it. But that's what I do there. And then I also do the fitness coaching, which I have a this huge growing team that's taking off like wildfire. And I talk with customers and coaches daily about how they can grow not only their business but also change their their fitness routines and believe in themselves becomes a bigger picture about mindset very quickly, the fitness piece. So you bring up a really interesting piece, and that is that you have a day job. And I think you know a lot yes. of people want to make that transition. You said you've always had a lot of ideas and always had this entrepreneurial mm-hmm. ping. I mean, that's me. I From the time I was a kid, I always wanted to do my own thing. And you know, I was only six years ago that I was able to actually make it a full-time venture. Right. So do you think that sort of having that side hustle, that, that you know, thing on the side while you keep the job and then making that transition – do you yep. think that that's like great advice? Yes, because I think a lot of people like they maybe get this little excitement for two hours. They go to a seminar, maybe they're oh yeah, I'm going to crush it, I'm going to kill this, and they hear stories about overnight success, which is not usually ever possible unless you're unless you inherit money or something. <laughs> but the twenty year overnight success story is more reality. But they get this this false sense of what it might take, and it really boils down to hard work and consistency. So I always say, you know, stay doing both and work at fuel all the passion you have into your business ideas, but also be smart about it until you have something really solid. And then you can, but you know, at some point you have to jump. So you want to find whatever that balance is. For me, I have, I have quite a few responsibilities through this divorce and, you know, I'm transitioning all this and, and my life's it seems like it's getting more and more awesome every day. Not to reference back to the Lego movie, but everything is awesome. <laughs> well, <laughs> but it's you know it's just reality, and um, I'm I'm getting things figured out, and I I feel like I'm really going in the right direction, and that's what works for me. Um, I think anyone else that's in a similar position, they should really um, just take a look at what their their responsibilities are what they could maybe cut back on or maybe they want to like pour more energy into the business. But you have to go to what a kind of a cut feeling at some point. Well, you, and if it's your passion, then go for it. Well, you bring up an interesting point that someone goes to a seminar and they get all fired up that they're going to be able yeah. to go and, you know, make a million dollars on a podcast or, or do whatever it is. And it is true that, you know, there are some people who are able to do these things that are huge and then they turn around and sell programs to teach other people to do that. But right. the reality is, is that if someone is the outlier, it's not the reality of, 
you know, how yes. you build a business. And so, we, yes. you know, I think in our society, we tend to look for the, the quick and easy fix and we throw all this money at the gurus. And the reality is, is what you're doing and what I believe I did is probably, you know, a, a more normal path to doing that. And that is, you know, chase that passion, make it work. And then, you know, when you see the light that I can now make the jump, or in my case, yeah. it was in the heart of the recession and the company I worked for made the jump for me and laid off a big chunk of their staff one day and I was part of it. Um, and I said, all right, I'm going to go chase this dream of being a speaker, but I had already laid the groundwork. I mean, my brother, right, always, my right. brother always reminds me, you didn't start from zero in 2009. You'd been speaking and getting paid for it for five years. You just weren't earning your living, you know, your, the majority right. of your living you off of it. were forced to change. So yeah, That's what I found interesting is I interviewed Tony Horton, who is one of the obvious mentors of mine, but he, you know, he's looked at it like, oh, he's a super successful fitness guru guy. He's on all these different, um, platforms, you know, promoting what he's doing and he's on coverage of magazines and all this overnight success but it took him 20 years roughly to get to that big breaking point right one of the pieces that created more success for him right well when Greg, years of overnight success well you know in a few years when greg barth is you know you know making tony eat his dust yeah. and is is in the lead out there in the world of fitness i'm gonna say oh yeah i interviewed him on cool things long time ago exactly exactly so what but do you I think you know it's all about our own stories because my my level of uh, success and how fast I'm doing it is way different than everyone else's. But my all of my variables are different. This right. is what wor- is working for me right now. Some do it way faster. Some do it slower. Some don't do it at all. You know, it's just really what your um, vision is and what you want. So, what do you love about the entrepreneurial piece of your life? I love the possibilities, and I love where the fulfillment I get when I can help others and see their life change how I'm starting to change, you know, change a lot of things for me when you can give that to someone else. That's what's really cool. But being able to do whatever you want with time and travel, that is a big thing. But a big part of why, what drives me is my daughters. And I spent time with them yesterday on my birthday. And I, I spoke about this on my, my Periscope this morning, but they made me birthday cards, you know, the handwritten kind. And my daughter writes something, my older daughter, about how, you know, thank you for believing my in myself and how I'm creating all these things as a reality. You know, she went into this detail about in the card, and she make they make references about what what I find important on the card. You know, so I know they're listening, and I know that it empowers them to believe in themselves, and that's very very important. So my daughters are a little older than yours. I, well, I, actually, my younger one might be about the same age, but I have an 18-year-old yeah. and a 13-year-old. Yeah, and, and it always cracks me up when they quote something that they've. You know, I've said in, you know, one of my speeches or, you know, they're hearing me preparing for a coaching client and, you know, they'll come back and repeat it in reference to one of their friends or something at school. And I'm like, you were listening. You were listening. And then they're like, no, 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 that came from somewhere else. No, that's not from you. Uh, but, you know, at the time, they're looking at their phone and you're, and you're calling them by name and they're, huh? huh? What? What? Oh. So well, my, oh, hello, I'm over here. You know, I always you know. talk. I always talk about the fact that I still, my, my dad lived to be 99 years old. He passed away about a year ago, a year and a half ago. I remember and, that. Yeah. And he, uh, I still hear him in my head on little things. Like when, when you're driving down the street and you're making it, you're in the left-hand turn lane, I never turn the wheels to the left until it's time to go because he always used to say when I was 6'15 and he was teaching me to drive, if you turn your wheels and someone rear-ends you, they'll throw you into oncoming traffic and you'll get T-boned. 
you know, and it could yeah. kill you. Yeah. So keep your wheels facing straight. And I can't be in a left-hand turn lane <laughs> without hearing him going, don't turn the wheels till the coast is clear. And I told my, I always tell my daughters, I can hear him in my head my whole life, even before he passed away. I mean, it's always a little advice he gave me. And my daughter told me the other day that something came up somewhere and she heard me say, you know, something about how do you make a good choice or something I always say. And she goes, I always thought you were just kidding when you said you could hear grandpa's voice. She goes, but I actually heard you say that. She goes, oh my God, I'm never going to get rid of you, am I? <laughs> yeah. So you've, been, you've never been T-boned is, is the, the big lesson. <laughs> That's exactly right. I've never, I've never had anybody push me into traffic by rear-ending me. So see, hey, oh, um, so if somebody, you know, I usually ask people, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs who, who want to go start their own thing? But I'm going to twist this up on you a little bit. What advice do you have for someone who wants to get a little better with their fitness? Because I bet most people listening... That's actually pretty easy because the trend is, it's so obvious for me now, is that I don't ask or do anything for anyone other than like, at the beginning, is ask them why they want to do it. It, I mean, it seems cliche and kind of easy is the why, but everyone is, you know, a lot of times they have the eye on a prize that's not really deep enough. They want to lose the few pounds and stuff. And then they, by day four, they're already like, well, ah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I ask them a deep question. You know, like I even, I usually tell them to take 10, 15 minutes, just find a quiet spot and just understand, well, what is it that you really want? When you can understand what they really want, then the rest becomes a little easier. And it's not just, everyone knows how to do a push up, but why are, why are we not doing them? It's, it's, there's other things that are more important. Right. No, that's, yeah. I mean, I guess it goes back to knowing that why, right? I mean, yeah, it just it, comes it, down to that basic motivation. Seems simple, but that's, that's the biggest, like I look at myself, like what drives me? And it's specific, deep reasons why. And it's not just because I love doing sit-ups or push-ups or whatever. It, it's much deeper than that. Why, why do I want to go to a different level of fitness next? Why, I ask that my, to myself. Why do I want to do that? As the 40-year-old who had that 20 extra pounds and that doughy gut, what was your why? Well, I, I, when I look back at that, I, I didn't, um, actually it goes pretty deep now. I understand a lot more now is I was always kind of average in, in my whole life. I was number, I, I start to see the trend. I was number four in the family of five. And I think I just kind of sifted into average. Like I was just trying to fit in. And at some point, maybe it was that fitness piece that triggered it is I wanted to be the best that I could be. I want to be the best Greg. So now I reference myself as Greg version two sometimes, <laughs> is that I, I'm a, the new improved Greg, and I want to be the best. So like now if I want to take something new on, I don't want to just kind of half-ass it. I want to go all out, and I want to put give it a my all. So that that's the triggering piece that became more and more obvious when I look back at it. I didn't understand it at the time, but now I do. So, Greg, I think you're hitting on something that's deeper than maybe even you real realize for, you know, people who are listening to the show. And that is, you know, you felt like, hey, I just always was average. I bet that's a common feeling is, you know, I, I, I got B's and C's. I did well in school. Yep. You know, hey, I, you know, I, I, you know, went out for sports and, you know, I was second team. It was all good enough. And I think a right. lot of people fall into that. And you were 40-ish years old. And mm-hmm. that was the first time you said, I want to be the best Greg I can be. So let's talk about that. If someone's out there thinking, oh, my God, Tom and Greg are talking directly to me. I've, I do good enough. I do good enough. What do we need to tell them? How do, they, how do, you, how do you go to that next level? What, what can motivate you? Well, that, that's the thing is, let's say, if it's business and, and you're just going through your job or you're, or you're doing your off 
trying to create this new business idea and you're just you're just going along and, and nothing seems to be taking off like a wildfire then then I start to ask myself well why why is it not you know what and a lot of times it, it's our own beliefs and that's where it goes again where we're limiting ourselves where we start to listen to that little guy in the back of our head saying well what do you think you're doing that's not you that's for other people and then you know if we're not reading enough about and learning enough about ourselves and how we can blast through that, that, that I think that just really holds us down. And I've dealt with that a lot myself is why am I still at this point? You know, why? Why? And I, I keep, I talk to myself a lot. Why am I here? And a lot of times it's, I'm starting to understand more is that there's deeper meaning to it. I'm holding myself back. It's really me, no one else. It's not some tool that I need. It's not someone else I need to talk to. It, I need to look in the mirror and figure out like, do, do I really want this? Is is this what I want? Then if I do, I got to really dig deep down and figure out, let's just go with this and, and then start running a little bit more. And I've been going through a lot of that just over the last year, probably. And I'm understanding how, you know, a lot of it does go back into previous points in your life. Things that you started to tell yourself in the wrong ways. Well, you can't do that. So I'm starting to really kind of blast through that. But if you're do if you're in the similar position and you're like, why am I here? You know, I've been doing this business idea for two years or three years. You have to just dig deep and push the other stuff aside. Those stories you're telling yourself most likely, and they're not true. You start changing the the verbiage in your head, and things change dramatically. Well, and that's kind of in my own sort of reinvention. I have come to this realization that ages fifty to seventy can be the most fun years of my life. I mean, I've been looking at yeah, my friends exactly. who are who are older and you know, my twenties, I had a lot of fun in my twenties. And not yeah. that I didn't in my thirties and forties, but there's a lot of responsibility with, you know, raising kids and buying a house and trying to get, you know, a career, you know, or two off the launch pad. And, you know, all of a sudden it's like I've come to this realization where I think society says, Oh, fifty, well you're getting old and yeah, you know, you're getting exactly. a little you're getting a little gray you in your it. hair and you, you know, it. it's gonna be harder and all this. And I think, you know what? I actually now believe that the next 20 years can be the most exciting. And, and if I think about it, 20 years is a long time. So I don't, as I get closer to 50, I'm not feeling old. I'm, I'm changing the dialogue in my head to make myself believe and realize that this whole reinvention and, and trying to, to get a fresh start into this next 20 years, this can be the most fun time. But part of that is, you know, I got to continue to grow the business. I got to continue to give my kids and my wife and that the support they need. I need to kind of come up with my own motivation. And, you know, and then the other thing is, is back to the fitness piece. You know, I'm kind of that doughy guy, right? And so it's one of those things that, you know, I've lost 15 pounds this year. And, you know, part of that was a goal that it was going to be 15 pounds by July. And part of it was I ended up getting some sort of a bacterial issue and uh, I couldn't eat a lot for about a month. Losing the weight in the wrong type of way. Well, I don't know that it was wrong or right. I mean, I did eat and I was healthy through the whole thing, but it was kind of one of those things. One of my friends said, you got to watch out what you ask for because you lost eight pounds through work and then kind of hit a plateau, you know, and and then you got some sort of a virus and, and it helped you all the way to reach your goal. But, uh, you know, I think that I believe 50 to 70 is going to be the best time. Therefore, it will. And I bet there's a lot of people out there who believe it's going to suck. And therefore, well, yeah, it will. It, you hit exactly the right point because I hear, you know, in my 40s, I hear this a lot where you, well, you hit your 40s and then X, Y, and Z happens. It's all downhill from there. Connotation. You know, it's all over with, baby. You know, that's when you start to go on medications. That's when you start to feel more tired and you're going to be wore down and, and all these things. I'm like, well, I'm not listening to that. And I feel way, way better than I did when I was 25. You know, how, why, is, why am I different? I'm not any different than anyone else. It, it's just 
I'm just change, I'm just putting daily a little bit of work into it each day, and then I just see it differently. Especially with um, even with the divorce, where oh, when you're divorced, you know it's going to be tough, and X, Y, and Z. You know, you fill in the blank there again. But what if it is a new beginning? What if it's new, new challenges, new excitement, and new, new, new experiences? I mean, you, it's all in how you look at it. I, I think I think you're right. And Greg, I got a couple more questions for you before we sign off. But yeah. first, I got to thank my sponsor. This episode is brought to, brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing cool people like Greg Barth. For an exclusive offer to those listeners of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, visit their website at podfly.net slash cool things. And as I always say after I read the commercial, they are the production company that I chose to help me launch Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, and I never could have done it without them. And I appreciate the partnership that I have built with their team, with Scott and Corey and David and everybody at Podfly. So Greg, what's something cool that you're doing in your business right now? Well, that's way too easy, way too easy. It's, it's as of yesterday, and you, <laughs> you're well aware of this. It's the Periscope thing. I, was, I happened to get a notice that you were live for the first time, and I thought, I'm going to watch Greg. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, I think the biggest piece that I always try to find is balance of chasing squirrels and taking action. That's how I see it. So every time there's something like this comes up, I'm, I ask myself, is that a squirrel or shiny quarter? Or is it really like a huge opportunity? So I, I went through that process in my head a little bit. And then I'm like, well, I know what my thing is. My thing is trying to be as most authentic as I can through video as a platform. That's usually where I migrate and just sharing what I've learned in my story. And I'm like, well, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's exactly, exactly what it is. So I, I looked up a few things on it and I decided to jump in and I wrote six things down that I want to share as far as like general ideas and topics. And everything I talk about will be on those six or five things because I want—I don't want to just get on there and say, hey, here's the cat running across the floor. <laughs> I'm drinking coffee and it's nice outside. You know, I don't want to be boring. I want to make sure I'm adding value and that people want to tune in and learn something or be educated or whatever. So... I'm really looking forward to it. I, I did another one this morning that um, was fairly brief, but I have I have tons of ideas. I think I have an idea every five minutes. Well, and I, I, I yesterday was going to be my first time on Periscope. I've been kind of studying it, the same thing, making sure that yes. it was something that was worthwhile, trying to figure mm-hmm. out how often I want to do it. Same idea as you. I want to be authentic. I want to have something, and I'm going to talk about this whole reinvention idea. And yes. so that's going to be my theme of Periscope, at least to start off with. But yesterday I ended up with like a ton of stuff going on. A friend was coming to town and so I didn't get a chance. So it's probably going to be uh, uh, maybe Thursday, which is the day that this episode should should go live on the uh, iTunes. So maybe that same day will be the day I do my first Periscope. So Very you're, cool. you're, you're my inspiration. Of it is that you're, you know, you're, at a, you're traveling around a lot and you just do the behind the scenes kind of thing where people want to know what Tom's doing. You know, what are you doing in this city? And, you know, before you go, how do you, what are you thinking before you go out on stage? So Greg, that's the power stuff. Greg, one of the things I think is I think great entrepreneurs, in addition to their own stuff that they're doing and promoting and all that, I think in addition to like trying to make their business work, I think great entrepreneurs are observers. So I ask you, who out there besides yourself do you see who's doing something cool? There's a few people that come to mind when I think of that, um, you know, beyond the obvious ones that are all over the place. And, um, you know, sometimes that's not even the best. They're not even doing the best things. They're just marketing themselves harder than the rest. 
But uh, Ronsley Vaz, you know him very well in Australia. He's doing some pretty awesome things. He's created a whole huge event, first one that's ever been in Australia. And it's a it's a podcast conference, and it's about you know bringing entertainment to spin it. And he's just he's he's uh, I respect him deeply and what he's doing, but he he has such a passion for what he's doing, and he's helping feed hungry people through the whole process too. And it's it's pretty cool. And then there's the Darn Technology podcast, which mm-hmm. uh, Ray Brown and Nate Strong they just launched that a month ago or so. But what they're doing is is trying to help like that typical person out there that has their phone. Their phone can do a million and sixty five things, but they don't know how to do other, anything other than text. You know, like how do I take a picture of my kids? <laughs> so they're just trying to and create those scenarios of. That we're all, you know, we're in our car, we're trying to figure out something on our phone, and we just, we're in these situations where we're not really sure how to do things, and they just make fun of that and explain it and make it in an easy format where we can learn. So, I th- I, and they're not like hard selling; they're just trying to teach. So, I found that really interesting and in what they're doing there too. But those are just a couple examples. Well, and that goes back to the whole thing again of just being authentic. They're just out there yes. doing what they can do. Exactly. But they're enjoying it. I mean, both of those, they're enjoying it, everything that they do about it because that's what fuels them. And when they, when you find that, you continue to do it or else it just becomes kind of a job. So, Greg, in addition to being observers, I think great entrepreneurs like to leave their mark behind. So it's not just about making money. So I always like to ask people, what is it that you do to give back to the greater good? Really, it's it's in a smaller way usually is is I focus a lot on gratitude, just especially recently. And the Goal Giver book is awesome. If you awesome. haven't read that, yep, I've mean, listened to it like three times in a row. But it's a very simple story, but it focuses in the attention on how important it is to give back and also to receive. And I just, even yesterday, there was an example where I was talking with someone and I just simply gave them a compliment, verbal compliment. And I could feel that that was like, that was a nice thing. And even like receiving birthday wishes, you know, like receiving and get simple things, just telling someone that they're important. Um, I like to do handwritten notes sometimes, just send something in the mail. I think the smaller little pieces, but more of those is that's really where my focus is, is just trying to let someone else know that they matter, what they're doing is important because I don't, it's pretty easy to go through our day and not really, and to lose sight of that because we're all busy. Well, and I call it cooperative significance. Everybody wants to feel significant, yes. but they don't take the time to let anybody else know that they're significant. So I think yes. you know, if you make a real purpose of showing gratitude and letting the people around you know that they matter, yes. I think that is a huge gift to the world. And I'll tell you, and I know you do this because I, I follow uh, you, you on Facebook and we've talked before – Doing that with your kids mm-hmm. is so important because yes. sometimes they don't know. If we don't tell them, you know, hey, you matter and, and you've got super potential, you know, they may not ever hear that from their friends or from their teachers or anything else. So I think right, that the little right. things we do really do add up. So I, I applaud you for that. Well, thank you. It, it doesn't take much. Just three minutes, five minutes here or there can make a big difference just changing someone's day. So, Greg, if someone was listening and they think, I got to know more about Greg Barth, how do they find you? Well, right now I'm getfitwithgreg.com and I have all my links there. I'm out, uh, like I mentioned, Periscope is my new endeavor and I'm out on Instagram, but the Instagram link is on getfitwithgreg. So that's the main site. And, and that's where they can go see those before and after pictures I was talking yes. about. 
So, so I'm just going to say it. You got to go over to Get Fit with Greg <laughs> and take a look. It's not like he was this big, giant, fat guy, but you'll look at it and go, Tom was right. He was kind of doughy. And, and then you'll look at him today and you'll <laughs> say, that. and you'll look at him today and you'll be like, this guy is really fit. So I'm just going to say it to all of my female listeners. You probably want to go and check out the pictures of Greg today versus the ones from five years ago. Just going <laughs> just gonna to say it. Greg's, Greg has transformed himself. He, you talk about a reinvention. Greg has done a good job with that. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate the compliments. It feels great to have your fitness under control. It's just, it's just for healthy reasons, not even the physical appearance. That's a bonus. But I feel, I feel energetic. I feel good. That's that's the main thing. Well, you're probably going to have some of the listeners, uh, some of the listeners from the show. They'll probably want to take you out on a date because of, of how good you look on that. Well, so. I'm, I'm open to discussion. <laughs> 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 now I can insert blushing here. That's right. Well, Greg, hey, thank you so much for agreeing. Yesterday, I tuned in because I saw you were doing your Periscope, and I, I sent you a note on Facebook saying, "Hey, happy birthday!" And I got to have you on the show. Can you do it tomorrow? And you were just, sure, let's do it tomorrow morning. So I thought that was fantastic. I love people who are into serendipity. Sometimes people I don't know reach out to me and go, oh, can I be on your show? And I look them up, and if there's something good, I'll say, yeah. And they'll be like, oh, can we schedule that six weeks from Tuesday at 9 o'clock? <laughs> no, you want to be on my show? Let's do it now. It's all about right. the serendipity. And they're like, oh, I can't make the time now. And it's like, okay, well, you know, okay, great. I love people. I guess pe- I'm not important. Huh? I love people who are like, let's do this right away. I don't need to schedule. Right. I'll just be authentic and answer any questions you have. So, Greg, thank you very much for joining us here and for sharing all that information. We went a little bit long, but I think the stuff that you had to share is really going to resonate with the listeners of my show. And for those of you who stuck around with us to the very end, you know I so appreciate all the listeners, but especially when you're here till the end. If you've made it all this way, I'm going to ask you a favor. Jump over to iTunes and leave a review because reviews really matter for the podcast. Even a year-old podcast, I still need to get you know a couple of sentences that are saying, hey, we like it for this reason. Uh, and tune in in a couple of days because I'm going to be back with another interview with somebody just as cool as Greg Barth. Well, I mean, well that may be tough. I mean, that, we really raised the bar. Here we, we, we have raised the bar, and, uh, but, but we're going to try. And so tune in. In the meantime, go on out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.